2: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina.
3: Sorry about the two-minute delay. If you are wondering what was going on, Stephen Simcox joins me, joins me as always on Wednesdays. And Stephen, I uh, had to get... um to get my Baylor basketball season tickets. And while you say, that's a weird thing, Paul, you don't have to pay to go to Baylor events because you have a credential. Yes, but I have a wife who likes to go to basketball games, uh, particularly when they play one certain basketball game and then uh, against Kansas. So I had to do that today. And I had a 15-minute window between 1 and 1.15 to do that. So that's why we're late.
0: I'm so happy for you, Paul, because this seems like the type of thing that you would do like a five minute segment on about how you wouldn't ever want to get married. Mm-hmm. But now that you're a married man, uh, you just, you just do these things and you, because you love your wife and you want to take care of it. So that's, that's fantastic. I'm, yes. I'm proud. Of you.
3: So, yes, I, I did it. Section two twenty, run row 14 section seats, three and four. So there you go. Uh, How I've do got they work them.
0: with that? The, does it change when you go to Foster or was this well, for this, the new? This city? was for Foster Pavilion. This is for the new okay. arena.
3: Used to be I would just get the general admission tickets, right? So, right. you know, because it didn't really matter. Like, usually she was just going to try to find a, a seat close to where we were in Media Row. And that way, like, I could go talk to her and you know, that that's where it was. Like if my mom went where there, like that would be what we would do. Uh, but now they've got this new arena and these new fancy policies and expenses. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's, that's that's the price of Scott drew winning the title.
1: That's, yes. That's
0: the bad side. of that. Yeah,
3: absolutely. That is, that is the, the price. Everything is, uh, is more expensive. Steven in college football this week, uh, we've got a pretty good week eight in that we have a game of the year of the week again. In Ohio State and Penn State. But outside of that, there's a ton of other good games. You know, uh, Ohio State and Penn State, two of the best defenses in the country. Florida State and Duke should be a good one. Tennessee and Alabama will be super intriguing. I mean, ridiculously intriguing. And um, if for no other reason, then these are two kind of above average. SEC teams that might be good, they might not be that good. Alabama's in this really weird situation where nobody knows who they are, really, or we know who they are, we just don't, we can't accept it because it doesn't make any sense in our brains. Uh, It's like trying to explain um, time travel to a cat, you know, we're just like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know, it should, it should make sense, right? But it doesn't. And then let's see, what else we got? Uh, Utah and USC, Utah beat USC twice <laughs> last year, but Cam Rising doesn't appear he's going to play in this game uh, or yep. maybe any game for Utah this year. Uh, and USC is coming off the most embarrassing defeat uh, they've had in the last couple years. Uh, Clemson-Miami is a really interesting one, even though both those teams now are ostensibly out of the ACC race. It would be a huge game for Miami to bounce back after two straight losses. It would be a message that Clemson is still – a little bit Clemson. So, yeah, a lot going on. And your TCU Horn Frogs at Kansas State who are going to rotate quarterbacks.
0: Yep, Avery Johnson came in, did an amazing job for K-State. Josh Hoover had a nice debut for BYU. It feels like that is a great lineup. Um, How big do you think this game is for Lincoln Riley? Because I know on paper they should beat Utah, and it's not like if they win it's going to be an upset. But, Paul, this is the type of game – that typically against tougher, more physical football teams, even with Utah hamstrung at that quarterback position, that he would lose. You're coming off a loss to Notre Dame. The question with him is not like he can get you a lot of wins. He can get you to a big bowl game. Uh, But he came to USC and brought his QB with him to make it to the college football playoff. If you're going to have any chance of that, you have to basically win out at this point. And to me, this feels like the type of thing where if you win – that's a nice, like, that's just a nice, like, okay, we kind of got off the over that mental hurdle. If you lose, not that, like, he's on the hot seat all of a sudden, but I feel like USC fans and power brokers are suddenly like, okay, what have we gotten ourselves into? Because it feels like the way his teams are made up and their identity lends itself to not really winning big games like this.
3: Well, this will be the first strife that Lincoln Riley would confront, right? I mean, like, he's never really had strife at OU, I mean, he had the, you know, a couple years ago, that was a little, like, right before he left, you know, 2021, you know, he loses that game to Baylor, uh, lost to Oklahoma State, you know, Caleb Williams almost made that happen late anyway, uh, but they were still just one game away from the Big 12 title, but they, you know, they were kind of left holding the bag there a little bit after this, like, big, you know, swing and D moment where them and Texas are like, we don't need you anymore. We're leaving. Mm-hmm. And then neither of them that, that very year, you know, uh, Texas wasn't in contention at all. And right. OU, you know, got knocked out of it in the, in the last week against their rival. So, you know, like those mo- outside of, outside of that moment, he's not really had strife. You know, last year was, Hey, he came to USC and everything he did at USC, even to this point with all this going on is better than the last decade has been mm-hmm. there decade plus you know since their their glory days ended so everything's better but again they brought him in to compete for the college football playoff and when you have the best quarterback in the country that should not be as much of a problem as it is and part of it is he's been loyal to a defensive coordinator who is doing him a disservice right now and yeah
0: yeah grinch is not getting it done and, and you also have the narrative of like I don't think USC people really care about this But Brett Venables has suddenly flipped the script at OU. Uh, They look really good. They beat their big rival in Texas. They have a chance now to get to the promised land before USC does, which a year ago that would have sounded insane. But the two teams are kind of on different paths. So I, I, I think, like, I just feel like for him and that team, this is a big game for them to win, even if on paper it feels like they should take care of business against a limited Utah team offensively. But we know what Utah's going to do. They're going to try to make it a rock fight. Um, and I'm sure they'll watch that Notre Dame film closely and try to replicate a lot of what they did. Well, what does is, what is Lincoln Riley need
3: to do? Let's compare him to Ryan Day, right? Ryan Day accused by Lou Holtz, and I think fairly. Ryan Day took it way too far. and that- He's still going after Lou. Yeah, He's yeah. got a,
0: like a dartboard with his picture on it.
3: Yeah, I'm just going to kick this old man because he was wrong. <laughs> I told you cell phones would never work. And then you're like, oh, well, you're using one, Gramps. And you just run victory laps on him. But he's – but Lou Holtz was right. Like, they were losing games. They lost to Michigan two years in a row because Michigan mauled them up front. Absolutely Mm -hmm. on both sides of the ball made them look silly up front. And that was not what Ohio State was doing in the Urban Meyer era. So – He's always going to have the specter of Urban Meyer because he's the guy who took over for him you know, and all these things. That's always going to be over his head because Urban won there and he hasn't, right? So, and he's lost to Michigan, which Urban didn't do. So even though Urban's not coming back there, that's not going to happen, that's always going to be over his head. You know, if Luke Fickle starts winning at Wisconsin and he just still keeps losing to Michigan, people are like, well, I mean, should have just kept Luke Fickle around longer. And, you know, waited for him to be the heir apparent and all that. So, I think those things will always be over his head. But what did he do? Two years ago, he went out and hired Jim Knowles, right? So, he hires Jim Knowles away from Oklahoma State. And now, Ohio State's like the sixth best defense in the country. So... That's what Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley needs to do is you got to find your Jim Knowles. You got to find your guy who's going to create physicality. You can have that ha- high-paced offense and look, mm-hmm. the way that their offense is, you don't, you know, you don't have to have the doomsday defense or the purple people eaters up front, but you do need to get like one or two stops a quarter, which they're not doing. Or, you know, and look, they had problems on offense last week. Notre Dame really took it to them on both sides of the ball, but Like they've got to have an air of physicality about them to go with their
0: finesse. They definitely do. I mean, if you don't want to be like guy that's involved in the defense at all, that's fine. But you're at USC. And before that, you were at Oklahoma. It's not like Lincoln Riley has been at places where you can't go to the AD and say, Hey, I need, I need a dude. Like I need my guy as the defensive coordinator that I can just be like, you got it. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to handle the offense you know, the identity of ours, like we're going to have some flash. We're going to have some, uh, I don't think coaches would probably use the word pizzazz. That's a word that I would use, but I'm not sure that's flying around coaching offices as much, but on the other side of it, there still has to be, you know, some physicality with it. And going back to that Alabama game. Yeah. I do think the the matchup with Tennessee is fascinating because Tennessee won that game against A&M. Um, it was ugly though. Joe Milton didn't play well. And Suddenly, Paul, like we talked, we like we did a segment together where we we're kind of like, hey, let's bury the crimson tide. And yeah. now, you know, if they win this week, then they have the huge matchup with LSU and they got the iron bowl down the road too. But these two weeks are are kind of it as far as winning and making it to the SEC title game. Like, do you feel like they've righted the ship completely? I guess we'll find out no, over the next 14 days. I don't days. think
3: it's going to be completely because I do think they've shown you that they could turn around and lose uh, at any time. And if LSU – now, look, granted, opponent taken into consideration, Auburn might be the second or third worst team in the SEC this year. They're pretty bad. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're pretty bad. But if they can play a little bit of that same way against Alabama – then, then that means LSU's probably going to win that game. You know, like they have the advantage of quarterback. They have the advantage in a lot of spots. They don't on defense right now. And uh, I do like I do have a theory, Garrett. Uh, yep. That Harold Perkins might be a little bit more unleashed in the Alabama game in particular.
1: Well, I think even last week they 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 did a, the way they used him. They moved him around. They didn't just isolate him at the linebacker position. I think going forward, yeah, they finally figured it out with him and. I the, he just needs more help. Like Major Burns is about it on the back end. Their secondary is atrocious. I don't know about Mason Smith. He hasn't really lived up to the expectations. Uh Wingo's pretty good, but man, they don't the um the level of play does not match the names, and that's not typically how things go at LSU. Yeah. Uh
3: yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I um but for Alabama, yeah, we we're ready to kick during them, but they're you know, they're like Jason uh or you know, Freddie, where all right, we got him. And then they just pop back up. Movie
0: number seven coming. It's going straight to DVD. Yeah, we're still making them.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they're going to uh, they're going to have that for a while. And I, you know, they might wind up in the SEC title game. They might, they might, you know, find their way there. I don't, I don't know about that, but I think that uh, I think LSU's the better team right now. And while we were kicking dirt on them uh, a a couple weeks ago too, because that defense. I think they figured it out. Um, Garrett, I know that you're annoyed with Brian Kelly quite often. Yeah, am
1: not my favorite person.
3: But he has shown at Notre Dame and at LSU a willingness, maybe not right away, but he will adjust because I do think, and I, I think this is the stupidest reason he adjusts, because if he hears the same question three or four times, he gets so annoyed by right, it right, yeah. that he'll be like, okay, I'll change it, and then I'll try to prove to you clowns that you're wrong, and then – and then he doesn't have to like answer it again because he doesn't have to admit that he was wrong or that everybody else was right. It just did it. It's like, well, we just felt we had to do this. Cause you know, he can like so-and-so had a hamstring pull and then he's out.
1: My only thing is like in games like the Bama game or going back to Notre Dame, every time they played somebody big Florida state this year, right? Like, he does not, he gets out coached every time. I don't know if he gets in his head or what it is, man, but that's what really bugs me about him. But you're right, if if there's adjustments that need to be made, he will make them. But at the end of the day, if he can't win the big one, it's still not going to do anything. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
0: and and sorry, guys, but what's what's the deal with Perkins? Because isn't there a story now that like part of this is he? He has his sights on the NFL like everyone does, but he kind of sees himself as a hybrid guy, and so that is part of the reason why they're moving around so much.
1: Well, I mean, I think if you look how he was used last year and his skill set, he's to me, he's like a carbon copy of Micah Parsons. So, like, why wouldn't you utilize him like that? And I think the success he had being used that way last year has lended uh, the perception that, yeah, that's how I want to be used, and I think that's how NFL scouts are probably viewing him. Uh, and so it's probably a combination of all that. But, yeah, I mean, anytime you're – that kind of a player and you know what works best for you, you're going to want to put an emphasis on trying to do that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. They've got to, they've got to move around uh, and and, and make it work. By the way, Steven, I have to fast, like rewind way back. You used the word pizzazz about five minutes ago and Uh said that uh, it's not used in coaching offices, but I think
0: it should be. Yeah. Pizzazz is a good word. Yeah. I think like, I think it would be helpful. Yeah.
3: I think it like a broad, like get a Broadway producer type guy in there. I mean, listen, the Stevens has got no zip. It's got no za. It's got no pizzazz. I tell you, it's got no pizzazz. It needs, it needs showbiz. I
0: tell (laughs) you, like I could see, I could see Dave Aranda turning this thing around and he randomly comes to a post-game press conference a few weeks from now. And he's like, I appreciate the question. Uh, we, have we've been adding some pizzazz to our team <laughs> yeah. that's really been what we're needs- focusing on in team culture Listen, then,
3: there's no kick line there's no orchestra come on let's go people <laughs> <laughs> I want you here in capizios tomorrow we're gonna make this happen
0: <laughs> so uh, speak speaking of scenes without pizzazz you didn't mention this ball but can because this is not like in not to you know, not to criticize you because it's not necessarily a big game, but can we talk about Iowa for a minute? Oh, there's no, I'm
3: always curious on people's uh, ideas on Iowa because if I were to create the worst coaching staff in America right now, I would hire Jimbo Fisher's head coach. I would hire Alex Grinch as my DC and Brian France as my OC and watch uh, someone who won't go for it on fourth down, never uses their timeouts, an offense that hates the forward pass, and a defense that's afraid to tackle.
0: I agree with you, but they might go 11 and one. Like <laughs> yes. they play Minnesota this week, <laughs> and they're favored. And like down the stretch, they just get the Big Ten West teams from now on. And so I don't know, like, and of course, Brian's got the contract situation too, where he's got he's to get to 325. Well, it's not going to happen now. And and it's not going to happen. But at the same time, it's like they have this. They have an identity. They're ho- they're just horrible on one side of the ball. Like not not even in a and not even in a funny way. Like just abjectly horrible. And there's a decent chance that they play like Michigan or Ohio State, maybe Penn State, Again, and the Big a, a, game. Okay, and get both. So here's why. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, it's working for
3: Iowa, but like it's working until they hit the same wall every year. And yeah, the wall is yeah. is that your defense is only so good. And it's really fantastic, especially when you're playing the teams that are built exactly like you are. Like you can, mm-hmm. you know, you've been able to, you've had it going longer, so you can grind these teams into a powder. Good for you. But the ones who are, you know, fast, big, fin- the teams with pizzazz, the ones right. who are showbiz, you know, whose names are in lights, those teams... Drill them all the time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Beth Getz, who's the interim AD, and might wind up being the full-time AD there at Iowa, if I'm the Iowa administration, I'm telling Kirk Ferentz, like, look, we're very happy with the fact that you can go 10-2 and two or 11-1. We're thrilled with that. But the, the fact remains is that we could be 11-1 and, and ranked 17th and out of the 12-team playoff because people hate the way we play. And – you know, you're not going to get worse if you score 24 points a game. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you are kind of, especially now, I was not going to get the schedule that they're getting anymore. That's over. They're not going to be able to avoid, you know, they got Penn State this year and that was it. But now you're going to have a Penn State and Ohio State and Oregon, a Washington, a USC, or a UCLA. You're gonna have multiple of those teams on there. And if you can't beat them, That's the other thing. Your 10 and twos and 11 ones are going away. They're going away. So you're going to be all of a sudden seven and five because, you know, all right, well, you're going to beat Minnesota. Sure. Florida Rosedale is going to be a great, you know, 16 to to 11 game. And then Mm -hmm. Oregon's going to come in here and score 44 points on you. Right. And you need three games to get to 44.
0: They should just let Caitlin Clark be the OC. I mean, I don't know if like, I don't know how great she'd be at it, but at least like everyone there loves her. And so they'd just be like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like this is an, that's a cool thing that we're doing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I think, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. She like, go ask her how she scores points. Like
0: <laughs> the weird As thing. I heard of her NIL deal. She also works for the football team. Yeah.
3: I, I think, and Brian Ferentz has this. Jimbo Fisher clearly has this of, You know, I mean, people may not realize this, but there are coaching conventions all year long, all over the country, especially the AFCA coaches convention, which I've been to a couple of times. It's a huge deal. And like you can't like even media members can go in and and watch these demos. So if I wanted, like if I'm Brian Ferentz and I've got to score 325 points, I would have spent every single discretionary dollar at the university's disposal to go and find ways and new things to put my offense. And I feel like he went to those conventions and was like, I heard there was free pizza in this room <laughs> 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 and then walked out. And so, yeah, cause there's not like Jimbo Fisher, same thing. Like him and mm-hmm. the, like going forward on fourth down, you and I talked about that, like going forward on fourth down. Like, it's like, he's never watched another game or if he turns it on, he's like, look at this. Going forward on fourth down at his opponent's 39-yard line. It's fourth and three. What is he on on drugs? No, yeah. I can't watch this. Turn it off.
0: <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like, is this his high school coach from Arkansas that goes for it on every fourth down? And yeah. he's just doing, yeah. he's just onside doing kicks
1: every time. Like,
0: right, yeah. that guy who's who's
3: coked up and calling these plays. <laughs> I will not stand for this. This this is akin to pornography. Turn it off, son.
0: I don't. I will yeah, not. It's not legal in Texas. He thinks he thinks like it's like a sports betting thing. He's like, well, yeah, you can do it. You can do it in Las Vegas. Like UNLV can do it, but I can't do it here. Yeah, no, no, the don't co- lock me up.
3: The, The governor, the governor will be furious. He won't, (laughs) he won't, he won't have this as the last thing I need. All right. When we come back, eliminations games are coming up in conference races. We'll kind of continue on this discussion because some of them are those big games, uh, essentially, uh, Ohio state and Penn state is that for, for, for probably one team Mm -hmm. or it puts them behind because, um, unless Ohio state, Michigan or Penn state lose two games, you know, one of those one lost teams is not going to be playing in the Big Ten championship game. Those are going on around the country here over the next couple weeks. We'll talk about that next. This is the triple option on 365 Sports.
2: If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the triple option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back, Stephen
3: Simcox. Locked on Horn Frogs. Did you get to a thousand subs?
0: No, we're not quite there yet. We're about five away. So. If any of my people, or I don't know if you're my people, but if any of Paul's people, triple option people, lock down rugs on YouTube, subscribe, and we will uh, get to a thousand subs, which would be great. Which is monet. I think that's the most you can do. <laughs> that is,
3: that is, uh, that's the first monetization goal. Yes. And then, that's right. and then it's, and it's hours watched or whatever times. Yeah. You know. So yeah. then, so then I don't know, if, I don't know where you are on that, but usually when you get to a thousand, those kind of go yeah, pretty, pretty close together.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm like there, so I just got to get to 1K, and then I can, you know, cash my million dollar influencer checks.
3: Good deal. You can you can start. Like I want to see you doing like, hey guys, just wanted to do this. Um, you know, angel tears,
0: soda water, like oh. just it's my soul. Listen, my so my daughter, you know, we have she has got a little tablet, and so we'll let her, you know, like she does her chores and school works and she can have some time with him before bed. So she'll get on YouTube kids and I'll sit with her and she, cause she wants to she's just like, Hey, come sit with me and watch this. And it's just some child like opening toys. And it's like <laughs> seven minutes of this kid opening toys. And I look and he's got like 23 million <laughs> subscribers. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> just some kid named Ed in like San Diego, just unboxing stuff from amazon and yeah they they love it I and here's know, the deal media, i bet you media. i bet you the toy companies now send it to him oh i'm sure they do yeah and i'm so, sure i don't know what his parents are doing with all that money but good for them
3: yeah i hope i hope that's going to help ed you know la- later ed's on in write life
0: a memoir in like 10 years and you're gonna you're gonna get on audible one day and it's like here's why you know here's ed's book about how his parents stole all his money and you can add a little cocaine habit and yeah. now, but now he's back. You can o- you can open all the toys you want.
3: There's no love in that box. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, I I re- like so i remember having a conversation with my nephew when I started on YouTube, and he was like trying to explain to me, and he's like, "Well, that's what I want to do. I want to be a YouTuber." And I was like, "Look, look, that's that's fine. Like nobody's gonna tell you not, but like everybody else kind of has a like something they have to do, so then they can do YouTube, and then maybe it'll hit." But he's like, no, no, no. And then I like harken back to like listening to like my generation. Like when we were the video game generation that the, yeah. you know, kicked the no- Nintendo and Sega and all that stuff. And you know, the parents were like, yo, nothing's ever going to come out of that. You're doing that all day. And then you're like, oh really? Uh, <laughs> now, yeah. uh, that it's not even people like people aren't even playing the video games. They're just going to watch some nerd sit in his own house and play them and talk about it and then give him money for
0: talking about it. I know it's insane and like e-gaming's a world that I don't understand but yeah. I know there's all those opportunities there and yeah it's also strange too to think about that I mean Paul you you're a comedian and you know that world well. I like to listen to a lot of podcasts and so for the past 50 years you've heard similar stories like well you know I was living in New York and I did open mics and I gradually worked my way up to get a writing job or I finally got a set on Fallon or Leno or whatever it was. And now it's just going to be like, yeah, I just got a webcam and a microphone and started doing my thing. And then I got some deal, but I think that's, it's great that people have opportunities like that. Yeah.
3: Whatever, whatever works, man, whatever works. Mm -hmm. Listen here, I'll just show you how, how, how well I can do a a plug. I drink by all the time. This is, Buy Dominica Dragon Passion Fruit. They're not giving me any money for this. Look, it's empty, you see, because I, I scarfed it down. It's delicious. It's wonderful. Everyone in the world should try it. It's only got 10 calories per bottle and uh, one gram of total sugars. So you should do that and live your life. Buy. I'm talking to you.
0: Come on, buy. Come through with Paul Catalina endorsement money.
3: Listen, I know that Justin Timberlake is, is part owner of you, and I am not as cool as him, but I could at least be in the top thousand people who are close. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, there's a lot more people than a thousand in the world. If I'm in, like, if Justin Ferdlake is number one and I'm number 999.
0: Yeah, that's a good percentile. That's like SAT scores, you know. Of the world. Right, right. So. That's That's a small percentage that you're inhabiting there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Steven, elimination games around the country this week. Uh, this one is essentially an elimination game for Duke in the ACC, because if Florida state beats them, then they need FSU to lose twice to ACC Mm -hmm. teams. Now, while I'm saying that FSU could lose once, I think the chance to lose to two of the ACC teams they have left, if they beat Duke would be pretty slim because it's Duke wake Pitt, Miami. That's a chance to lose for them. And then they're done with their ACC schedule. So uh, this one is pretty dicey for Duke if they if they do in fact lose it. And they're at this point, I think like you know thirteen point dogs, which they should be because a Florida State has a much better offense than them. Mm-hmm. Um, defense, I would say, is at best to push. Then that's Florida State uh, maybe on the, the lower end on the defensive side there, but they've been playing really good defense lately. But Duke is also, in 19 tries, never beaten Florida State. And most of those times never even come close on their best years. This is a different Duke Duke team. Riley Leonard's a little bit banged up, though. He's day-to-day coming in, did not play last week. I would think that they would need a healthy Riley Leonard to win the game. But an elimination game for Duke and for Florida State, it puts them well behind the eight ball when it comes to all the rest of it. Duke still has to play North Carolina as well.
0: Yeah, I really like what Mike Elko's doing. It feels like, as you said, though, Florida State's just got too much firepower. I don't think Duke can make this into a slot fest like they did with Clemson. I just feel like the Seminoles have, you know, too many talented skill guys to make that happen. Um, That being said, like they've made it to this point, though, with a a clear plan, leaning on their defense, their run game. Uh, But Leonard's health is going to be huge because it's not only can he go, Paul, it's you need that dimension of him being able to use his legs. So it's, Mm -hmm. is he available. And then can he play up to his full potential because a a saddled and kind of hobbled Riley Leonard is not the same, uh, dangerous threat that he would be if he could do everything in his arsenal.
3: Yeah. Uh, and so Mike Elk, like Riley Leonard might be totally healthy and Mike Elko is just going to say day to day, day to day, because he wants to mess with FSU's head. Right. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that, that one goes in, but that one's a, an elimination game. For every team in the Big Twelve, really, you know, getting to that second loss or th- maybe even third loss. Like there's a couple two loss teams that I think get in it. We'll talk about that, but like there's some of those in the Big Twelve uh, that are elimination games, like TCU and Kansas State this week. Like whoever loses that game, you could, you know, take out any possibility of them sneaking in to the to, to Arlington.
0: No, you definitely can, and I'm super interested to see, like, I mean, so for TCU, Josh Hoover comes in last week, BYU, and I think this makes sense, but they just, they completely loaded the box, they came into the game thinking, we're going to try to force him to throw the football, Uh, TCU called their bluff, they threw it 58 times in that ball game, Uh, they got the ball out on a lot of quick game stuff, you know, kind of comfortable passes. But he also made some big time throws. Another key in that game for the frogs, though, was they got a pick six to start the game. Keaton Slovis and that BYU offense looked really uh, discombobled in that game. Um, but they jumped out that early lead, and they were able to play, you know, with that lead from start to finish. Them facing adversity is going to be, you know, the real test against a good K State team. And then what? Do you, like, how do you think they manage? How do you think Kansas State manages this quarterback situation now, Paul? Because obviously in that game. And I saw Chris Kleiman say this after the Tech game. He kind of downplayed the move to Johnson. He was just like, well, we put Avery out there because Tech was giving us the quarterback run game and he's more dynamic running the football. But it did feel like between how Will Howard played so poorly against Oklahoma State and then Avery Johnson getting a lot of the snaps against Tech, that there's a shift happening. And I I expect both to play, but it seems to me like this is – turning towards maybe Avery's team for the foreseeable future.
3: Well, like, I think they got to get Will Howard completely healthy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's been that way since the, I guess, the UCF game. Maybe the Missouri game. Like, maybe he's not been. He's been a little banged up. And so, yeah, if Avery Johnson can continue to do what he did against Tech last week, that would be amazing. I don't know if TCU is going to – like, sometimes the secret gets out, right? Um, I think TCU knows that because – the secret got out on Chandler Morris, right? I mean, he, he had that big game against Baylor and then he's been kind of, you know, I mean, he's been fine Mm -hmm. in certain games, but you know, he wasn't like in the Baylor game, he looked like the second coming of Roger freaking Staubach. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but now, you know, now you got Josh Hoover. So I I think, I think that if K state goes with Avery Johnson, then they're also committing to a certain type of offense as well, which is going to be quarterback run first. over probably everything else because that's what he's really good at it definitely
0: is he threw nine times against tech now he's eight of nine Mm -hmm. but it was because they were making him you know they were giving him situations throwing off play action where tech wasn't really ready for it but it would definitely be run heavy which is what they want to do with this offensive line yeah i mean i don't know if you can if you can fully commit to that and i mean i think k-state could do it well like you remember those Colin Klein teams, but that was a different, that was a different group, a more experienced quarterback. Uh, I would think TC would have an answer for some of those things. Mm-hmm. So again, it's sort of just like, how do they adjust and how do they move forward uh, with potentially a new guy um, in the shotgun? And last season, I will say too, you talked about getting Howard healthy. <laughs> like they really wrote out that Adrian Martinez thing as long as they could. Yeah. You know, even, even when it looked like, everybody else was, was saying, Hey, this is not like, this is not working. This is not the guy. Um, Maybe they beat Texas last year. If, if Will Howard's playing, but they kept wanting to try to get Martinez comfortable, get him, you know, snaps. And so I could see them sticking with Howard for, uh, you know, a longer period of time.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I think so. I I think that, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when they kind of weave Weave in and out through that. Okay, Ohio State and Penn State, Stephen, before we get to the, the last segment here. Uh, this one, while not totally an elimination game, because, um, you know, again, the three teams could trade losses in all of this, but it's certainly going to put you behind the eight ball because neither of the two of them have played Michigan yet. And mm-hmm. so, and Michigan, you know, as good as Ohio State has looked at times and as good as Penn State's looked at times, and and you know, Penn State's really only challenged us Iowa, and that was not a challenge. Ohio State's been challenged. Michigan hasn't yet. But even in not being challenged, like, they've never even had a moment in a game where it's like, oh, well, they're playing sloppy. Like, they are, they are playing very clean, very dominant football. So this one, you know, is huge in that if you really, really, really want to stay in the Big, Big Ten race and I have to rely on something else, you've got to win it
0: yeah, huge game for both these teams. I mean, for Penn State, this feels like your best chance maybe, you know, in recent years, to jump up and and either snipe Michigan or Ohio State, which have been the two goliaths in this division for such a long time. I think so much of this comes down to Paul, like both these young quarterbacks have done a fantastic job taking care of the football um does one of them you know Kyle McCord only has one interception. I believe Drew Aller hasn't thrown a pick this year so does one of them make that big mistake because both guys are going to be leaning on these outstanding skilled players um it's it's in the shoe which is gonna be really tough for Penn State but still it feels like a a kind of a defining moment for James Franklin like not that he can't be he's been super successful and you can always be that guy that sort of lurking in the shadows in the East division that has really solid teams that are very consistent, but this feels like the group that could get over the hump it's on the road. It's going to be tough, but uh, you know, Ohio state played a really tight game with Notre Dame and got down there and won that football game. Um, so I think there's some vulnerability there uh, at least from, for a team like Penn state, not just for anybody, but Penn state has the horses that they could get it done. And it seems like this will be their, you know, their best chance to really make a huge statement like this. Well, this would be the the
3: signature win of James Franklin's career to this point. And he's had oh, yeah. some nice ones. But if he goes to Columbus and gets this one done and then can in a couple weeks stare down Michigan and go, all right, it's now you and me. I've gotten – to get one signature win out of the way is a big thing because he knows mm-hmm. if he wants to play in the in the playoff and, and win a national title, then in three weeks he's going to have to beat Michigan too. So mm-hmm. – Yeah, I guess it – yeah, three weeks. In three weeks on November 11th, um, it's also a big noon kickoff game. Already announced, Penn State and Michigan there uh, on Fox. So, uh, yeah, that one – this one, it's going to be interesting. And I do think – like, I wonder where both these elite defenses are going to put each other because their Mm -hmm. defenses are really good or if this is one of those things where you think it's going to be and then the game just turns on its ear and gets wild.
0: Yeah, we get like a, a 35, 34, like just trading big plays type of thing. Yeah. I could see that with all the speed you in on the field. But yeah, these defenses are great. I mean, they might end up kind of canceling each other out and does it just come down to who can make a – you know, he can make a couple huge plays that define the game or special teams creating a turnover that gives you a short field or a turnover that creates a touchdown. Um, there's going to be some huge swing plays in, in this game for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, by the way, Florida Rosedale is this week. I, you, we mentioned that before, Minnesota and Iowa. Here's my pep talk for if I'm PJ Fleck, guys, you need to score two touchdowns and a field goal. You can pick which quarter you, you can pick one quarter where you don't do any of it. Just one, preferably not the fourth, but if you score 17 points, there's a good chance you'll win this game maybe by 9 but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a really good chance you'll win it because this team won the game last week with 37 yards passing <laughs> and none after the
0: third quarter <laughs> <Yeah. None. laughs> no uh, no coach looks like he sells Advocare more than pj fleck <laughs> like he just <laughs> he just feels like he's going to ask you to meet him in a starbucks and tell you about some sort of you know, business that you need to get involved in today. You know, um, vitamins,
3: Stephen, vitamins, yeah. everybody needs them, right? That's right. You know, where can you get them for the best prices and the most amounts? And not only just vitamins, but targeted health plans for someone like you, Stephen. I mean, <laughs> usually you pay how much for something like that? Yeah. Thousands upon thousands of dollars. But not only that, Stephen, I can sell you vitamins and then you can turn around and sell vitamins to other people. So this is winning for all of us.
0: Have you ever dreamed of having a timeshare in Boca? <laughs>
3: hey, I I had to sit through because again, anytime somebody like I don't mind sitting through the timeshare thing, especially when my wife is there because she's a killer man. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've sat through two different timeshare things the last couple of years to get cheaper vacations, and if you know the right things to say to a guy, like you can end it pretty quickly.
0: Nothing wrong with that. My in-laws they got like Disney tickets. through, you know, sitting through a timeshare presentation. So, Hey, I'll, I'll go listen to, I'll go listen to PJ Fleck. Tell me about, you know, rowing the boat. If it means that I can go, go to the most magical place on earth.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Just do it. Like, here's the deal. They're going to prey on some of your insecurities or like make you think like, Oh, I could be a big man with a vacation home. Don't do it. (laughs) Just be like, look, I'm, I'm taking my, my four day, three night package. And my tickets and I'm gonna enjoy
0: it. And I'm happy with it. Yeah. I'm happy with it.
3: Yes. You're you're gonna get money out of me on the incidentals, you're fine. Okay. Everybody wins here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, when we come back, which team in the Big Twelve is most likely to prevent an OU Texas reunion in Arlington? This is the triple option on 365 Sports.
2: If your business is like most, you need things done quickly but if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks you've probably been feeling the slowdown and that's no good for business a private upn fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light whatever you need we can build it internet metro ethernet waves dark fiber we deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the triple option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina.
3: Welcome back, Stephen Simcox, locked on Horn Frogs. My Wednesday co pilot. The Goose to my Maverick on Wednesdays. Just on Wednesdays. Just on Wednesdays. I have have, have four geese, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I'm going to change my Instagram bio to Paul's Wednesday Goose. (laughs) (laughs) Try to explain that one to people. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, that, that'd be tough. What is, I mean, it's gonna make it sound really
0: weird, too. Yeah. My mom's like, I think Steven's involved in some sort of drug issue or, <laughs> or some weird club. <laughs> Telling my dad, like, Mike, he says he's Paul's Wednesday goose. What does that mean? <laughs> my dad's looking on urban dictionary, trying to find things.
3: Yeah. So um yeah no yeah <laughs> what if that what if we did stumble across something just now that is actually already there? <laughs> I better check and make sure
0: we. I'll, I'll Google. You can you can set it up. I'll set up the segment. I'll Google. Make sure we're not we're not saying anything we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, it looks
3: you know almost fait accompli that Oklahoma and Texas will play each other again based on their schedules through the rest of the year. But there are some teams in the Big 12 that could throw a wrench in that machine. Uh, TCU could be one of them if they get hot. Uh, Now, again, they've got a couple losses, so you can't really, um, you know, they they don't have any more room for error. Kansas State, uh, you know, they only have one loss uh, in the conference, so they could certainly spoil that. That's why that's an elimination game. They play at Texas um, in in a couple weeks after they play Houston. Uh, And then. You know, outside of that, like if you look at Oklahoma's schedule, you know, on the way out, Stephen, I just don't see you know outside of a very enthusiastic, you know, bedlam game or Jalen Daniels coming back at Kansas, this team really being challenged even against TCU late in the year. I think that yeah. just a, a bit of a mismatch.
0: So, how, how did Brett Yormark let this happen? Like <laughs> he is the ultimate attention to detail guy. You know, he went after Texas in that, in that tech moment. He kind of walked it back. and He was like, listen, I got, I got caught up in the moment. I was in Lubbock. They gave me, they gave me some drinks and some tortillas, and I just felt like kind of taking a shot at UT. But both these teams – I mean, Texas is legitimately good, and Oklahoma won, won the Red River rivalry. But, I mean, Paul, like you don't have to – like you don't have to set them up with murderers row but I feel like you could be a little petty on their way out. Like you could give them some, some tougher matchups moving forward here.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, although if you look at this year's big, tw- like you could have, you could have thrown K state on Oklahoma schedule for sure. Especially since yeah. they have been a big Oklahoma bugaboo throughout the years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, Iowa you know, state. And, and, and you're right. That's about it. I mean, it feels like the league part of this too, is the league is just, there's, there's a middle class that is, Eating itself, yes. You know, nobody, nobody seems to be emerging from from the fray there.
3: Yeah, and you know, UCF, I think people thought might be a little bit better than they have been coming in, but mm-hmm. the run defense is bad. John Rice Plumley's been hurt for most of the year. I mean, he came back in a couple of weeks ago and like promptly went right back out of the game. Uh, so you know, and that that Baylor moment for them, I think, was a little bit soul crushing for UCF yeah. because. There was no like, there was no excuse to use, lose that game. Considering that Baylor took all the momentum from that that moment and left it in Orlando, like they mm-hmm. just if they were like, hey, uh, did you guys pack up that momentum, that big uh, bunch of confidence, like yeah, yeah, where is it? Ah, oh, it is still, <laughs> it's right there. I'm like I know where it is. I can see it. It's right by the exit. <laughs> <laughs> just left the bag right there.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, let, let me throw a team at you. Cause when you asked me this question today, my initial thought was Kansas state. And I still think they have a chance to do it. They feel like the team that if they could get it together, you know, they could kind of run the table and they play, I think they they play Texas. They don't play Oklahoma, they play Texas. And so they have a chance to get a head to head win. But Paul, I mean, th- they have their issues. But Oklahoma State beats Kansas last week. They've only got one conference loss. If they can get past West Virginia Saturday, then you got Cincy, the Bedlam game you talked about, UCF, Houston, and BYU. So if you beat West Virginia, I think they'll be favored in every game except Bedlam. Now you have to find a way to beat Oklahoma, and we know that's a rivalry game, but traditionally, Oklahoma State, I mean, it's really one-sided. Oklahoma wins most years. With Mike Gundy, he hasn't found a way to, you know, really beat the Sooners. But there's a path for them, you know, and before the season, I, I, I looked at their schedule and I was like, I think they might not be a great football team, but this looks pretty manageable. Well, they sort of figured it out. They have a quarterback now. I, I mean, it's just it's just a team to think about. They are suddenly – kind of back in the mix here, and they have a, a manageable schedule down the stretch.
3: You know, and they're not going to, like this, the West Virginia game is not going to, nobody watching it is going to say like, oh man, this is like Oregon and Washington, the sequel. It's yeah. not going to look like that at all. No. It, it's it's going to be, it's going to be kind of like A&M in Tennessee, I think, where you're like, oh, this is a slog. Like it's yeah. going to be a bit of a slog, but both those teams you know, really, really play each other, like I thought West Virginia should they have you know not lost to Houston last week, they might have been a team I thought about being able to do this, mm-hmm. but I just think now that like they're 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 improved, they're much improved. Take right. Neil Brown off the hot seat, he's figuring it out there, but you know they've got Oklahoma on the road.
1: Mm-hmm. I
3: don't think they can hang with them um and then. You know this this game with Oklahoma State. That's going to be a big flashpoint for them, I think, as well. Too like if they can win it, then then maybe they are the team that sneaks in. Maybe they can muscle up Oklahoma in Norman. Maybe, yeah. but I just don't. I I just don't know. And of course, um, you know we haven't seen Oklahoma play. Uh, you know since their um, their big moment a couple weeks ago against Texas and. I just don't see them like maybe I'm putting too much into it, but I think that just shot all the confidence of the world right into their veins.
0: So yeah, who's going mean, to get it? Like I think OU is probably going to win out. We'll see what happens here. I would love to see somebody upset them. West Virginia. Yeah. they're It's a great thought. Like here's what I will say about West Virginia. The loss was awful and it might end up being the game that they circle and say that kept us from Arlington, but they get Oklahoma state at home this week and They're not going to be favored when they play OU, but they, it does seem like they've kind of figured something out with Garrett Green. Like my view of that team, Paul was that they were really pedestrian on offense. Maybe that's still the case. Um, And they beat CCU really by just holding strong on defense in the second half and scoring enough points to win. But I mean, like they went score for score. Like the defense didn't play well against Houston and they were able to get up and down the field Mm -hmm. on that Cougar team. And so they look more dynamic. So Maybe that's something. Even with a loss that was just inexcusable, they can build on moving forward. I I don't see them being a team that can uh, just disrupt the status quo, though, because I, I I don't feel like they have enough on both sides of the ball to to win week in and week out.
3: No, um, and you know that like there are um, yeah, you know, I, like I I would have thought I thought Kansas was going to be able to hang all year, but yeah, Jalen Daniels. Is not gonna be healthy all year. Like he might be back, but back problems, especially for a guy who's gonna get hit as much as he's going to, it's always just gonna linger. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, he hasn't been able to come back yet. Um, you know, he's he's probably not gonna play this week. Uh, a, you know, so maybe they get him back for Oklahoma at home. Maybe that's the goal if they can navigate through the next couple of weeks and then get him back there. They if they win those games and they can hang hang in the race, I just him out of it, you know, like they, like he makes the team so much different.
0: What about the uh, three and one Iowa state cyclones by week this week, but they back stretch of the schedule. Baylor on the road, uh, Kansas at home, BYU and Provo, Texas at home and then Kansas state on the road. Can, can Matt Campbell keep this going?
3: I think he can, I think he can go on a three game winning streak. That's for sure or yep. what would make a five, like he can, he can make that five in a row. I think that against Texas, man, they're really going to have to be, you know, on their P's and Q's like that. Like those are the two things for Texas. To know. like how did Brett Yarmark allow this to happen? The two things, and he probably didn't think about this for uh, Iowa state, but Texas in Ames second to last game of the regular season. That's the tough okay. one And Oklahoma in Fort Worth on the road to end the season.
0: Well, and and I will say, like, if if the cyclones are six and one, and Texas is coming to town, I mean, Texas is obviously is a better football team, but like, that's a tough road environment, and that that would at that point, that's going to be probably a night game. Maybe we're talking about like college game days there, um, national television, huge crowd. That's the type of game that they could win just because oh man, Quinn Ewers threw a couple picks and the Iowa State defense stood on their head and they found a way to, to figure it out. But it, it would be a tall task. I mean, they don't, they don't look like a team that could do that, but a heck of a turnaround by Campbell. And like, this is the type of year, you know, we, we sort of saw it with Baylor a few years ago when the league was a little topsy-turvy. Like if you have a clear identity and you don't beat yourself, then you have a chance to win a lot of games. Like you don't have to be, you know, the, the team with game breakers everywhere. Like if you just play solid football, there's a path for you to, to get victories.
3: Yeah, they really have to be kicking themselves about that Ohio game for sure. And, yeah. they, and, yeah, and of course, I, like anybody who loses to Iowa, you know, with all due respect to their defense, it's got to go like, guys, we can score 21 points, right? <laughs> like, we can score 21.
1: We
0: can score 21. Like Why? 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 Yeah, uh, that's one that every, I mean, this is, this is true all the time, but every message board after they lose to Iowa, people are like, we could have beat that team. We had, you know, we have the talent to beat that team, but.
3: Part of it is that just, but, Iowa yeah. just knocks you around so much. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Steven, let's get an urban dictionary update. Is Wednesday Goofs a thing?
0: No, I couldn't find anything good. that so I think we're good there. Okay. I yeah. can add that to my Instagram bio comfortably, which I'm happy about that.
3: Yeah, okay, good deal. I uh I was just I I am I am on the site right now and so yeah, and there doesn't appear to be anything.
0: We have not violated any uh any FCC laws, even though that's not something we have to worry about now. No. But we we haven't. We haven't done <laughs>
3: Yeah. I I have looked up all the terms that uh include goose and so I'm glad that I didn't accidentally stumble across some of these. So,
0: yeah, goose is defined as a cute silly girl who is a pro at making funny faces and being adorable while also making people laugh. So, yeah. there's that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't categorize you as that. No, uh, I wouldn't either.
3: I wouldn't. But now no that's now that's my life. So <laughs> there we go. And I have one of you for each day of the week. So. <laughs> Your anyway. wife's
0: gonna be so jealous. <laughs> I don't think she will. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care about any of the silly geese that you have. No. <laughs> yeah, Thanks,
3: not, not at all. Well, Stephen, uh, locked on horned frogs. What time, like, I know your schedule fluctuates, but what time yeah. is it up available for people to watch on YouTube, which you need to subscribe to the channel or uh, download each day?
0: Typically, it's first thing in the morning. Okay. So, you know, I record late at night. Uh when you wake up, you can get your daily dose of TCU news. We also talk big twelve and um yeah it's it's there for you. so locked on horn frogs on YouTube, also wherever you get podcasts and it's audio variety because that is still a thing. Uh, people listen to just the audio podcast, but I'm all about subscribers now, so yeah, that's why I'm like and
3: subscribe do it and, th- and th- like that makes this Steven, guess what this is? This is a collab. That's That's what they call it. That's what they call it. And collabs beget collabs, I've been told. I sat through an online seminar with a person, (laughs) and that's what the guy said. And then I heard it in a... By the way, big recommendation on a show for you. If you have Peacock, killing it is fantastic. Uh,
0: Is that the Craig Robinson show? Yes,
3: it is so good. It is so smart and so good. And then I heard a character in that show say it. And I was like, oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> and then the guy, the guy was like, exactly what you think. Like, blonde hair, ponytail. Like, and he's like, collabs, we get collabs, man. Do stuff with other channels.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot because I've started watching. Uh, I've been binging Brooklyn Nine-Nine for uh-huh. the past few months. Mm-hmm.
3: Same people, so- I, I believe, that are involved in killing it.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. and so that there and and Craig Robinson makes like he's on Brooklyn Nine Nine every season as a recurring it's guest. Doug day. Judy, Doug Judy, man, yeah, that's yeah. it, that's the guy. Yeah, so
3: yeah, so uh, I hi- highly recommend to anybody out there. Again, Peacock, if you like to buy some advertising, Peacock, <laughs> it's like NBC, but whenever you want.
0: <laughs> it really is an underrated streaming platform. Like I know people that you know watch Notre Dame games or the big 10 are kind of annoyed at like, why do I have to buy this other service? Which I totally understand that, but I will say like, I didn't, I kind of got it like as a, as a black Friday sale, like, Oh, I want to watch the office again. I'll grab this Peacock subscription and it's paid off. You know, I I like, I like the selection they have. Yeah. So
3: yeah. Killing it's your next one. And then you will be the, the first person I can talk to uh, about it. (laughs)
0: it's not around the water cooler talking talking peacock streaming series with you no no not at all not in my budget
3: no (laughs) no and listen peacock we do not condone password sharing on this channel
0: (laughs) or at least paul doesn't
3: (laughs) (laughs) any streaming service that would like to buy advertising we do not condone that
0: that's right come on netflix we
3: do condone promo codes that's what we're about. anyway. All right, Stephen. Have a great weekend, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Stephen Simcox with us here. This is the Triple Option on Three Hundred and Sixty Five
2: Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber, we deliver.